On Devil Times 5 this month, we've got a veritable menu of matriarchs, a directory of dowagers, a grimoire of grandmas, and they're all mad. Hello, you are listening to episode 78 of the Devil Times 5 Horror Podcast. And first up, I just want to give a shout out to comedian Phil Green, who I met for the first time this month. And he said that this show helped him get through the lockdown and the pandemic, which was a lovely thing to hear. Uh, But on that note, this month's show is about a bunch of women who might not have made it through the pandemic because they old. (laughs) (laughs) Harsh right out the gate. (laughs) The stupid old fuckers can't even survive COVID. Two word review for every movie on um, Letterboxd. They old. They old. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. It's a real rogues gallery of retirees. In fact, one of them's as old as 36, if you can imagine such a thing. (laughs) Past it. But most importantly, they all appear to be psychomaniacs, and that's why we like them. So, slump into a comfortable armchair and pour yourself a nice cup of HRT. Your favourite programme's on, Grandma. I'm Cliff, the senior citizen of this podcast, and I'm joined by four young kids of today, Emily, Simon, Luke and Bryony. Hello. Hello. Is that what young kids of today sound like? Yeah. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> they love that with Budweiser adverts. Yeah. <laughs> They're ironic now. It's fine. Yeah. And as we're focusing on old ladies this month, we'll kick things off by asking what's caused you high blood pressure and low blood pressure in the last month of horror viewing? Simon, you could start. Oh, well, my one's actually, well, my good one is actually a game uh, I played, uh, The Excavation of Hobbs Barrow, which is like a folk horror sort of point-and-click game, like all those old ones from the 90s, except real creepy. Had a nice sort of uh, Wicker Man meets... Uh, American Werewolf in London vibe because there's loads of like Yorkshire people telling you to bugger off and mind your business usually in these <laughs> games you can like ask them questions the answer this one they tell you to piss off basically nicely grim as well bleak so very highly recommended I'd say oh I quite like the idea of just a game where you you go to Yorkshire and get told to piss off yeah bugger off <laughs> nothing for you here yeah bugger off there's just one man every time you click on him he says bugger off <laughs> 10 out of 10 would play again that's the real horror the north uh, <laughs> so it's a platform game is it yeah uh, well there is a train station of course no it's like a point and click game do you ever play those like Monkey Island like Monkey or, Island yeah. Yeah, yeah like Monkey Island like a horror one uh, I don't think I've really seen anything bad sort of horror wise uh, maybe the toilets at Glastonbury to you know <laughs> good horror but a bad vibe <laughs> okay Emily um, I've got two highs because I've not really been watching much other than the movies for this month and loads and loads of drag reality shows but all the wigs and the drama have kind of set me up nicely for the movies so that's that's quite good um, but yeah movie wise my, my two highs are Quatermass 2 wasn't that your high last month no that was the Quatermass experiment Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's the uh, it's the sequel to that. Um, two Quatermass, two Furious. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, this one's got aliens and government conspiracies and terrifyingly conformist people in um, new towns in Hertfordshire, which is something I grew up with. So it was like like coming home. It's not quite as good as the first one. How do they say bugger off there? Uh, it probably be bugger off. All right. 
Yeah, and your other high? Uh, my other high is a film that CJ mentioned a little while ago, uh, Glorious, about a man that discovers a um, Lovecraftian demigod in a glory hole. Um, <laughs> it's completely mad. It doesn't all entirely hang together, and I am slightly annoyed that movies are kind of like, oh, Lovecraftian things, therefore everything must be purple. Mm. Much as I love purple as a shade, just think that they'd have slightly more variety, given that they're meant to be like the... The children of Cthulhu would have many, many colours at their disposal. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's a kind of weird and wobbly and it's only about an hour and 20. So um, yeah, nice to fit that in amongst all the uh, the Grand Dams this month. Do you think if Cthulhu preferred a kind of pastel yellow, Goths would be as into Lovecraft as they are though? Oh yeah, good point. Um, but it's very, very hard to um, really fathom out Goths, given that I not so long ago saw a load of them skipping along singing Kylie Minogue's Confide in Me. Having a lovely time. Oh, that's one of her gothiest songs, though. Yeah. After Weather Old Roses Grow, it is a bit deathy and it's got some strings in it. But they they clearly were not. Mm. They were not doing the whole. Oh, this is dramatic. They were skipping around and. Um... A layman, a man on the street, Christopher would describe you as a goth mm. on first look, even though you hate being called a goth. But on first view, you'd be called a goth. But there was a time when I went around your house, and you made me watch a Steps concert. Correct. So goths are allowed Christmas. to. It was it was Christmas Day. It was Christmas Day. <laughs> what a magical day! Um, and I'm seeing Steps again in a few weeks' time. Oh great! I think actually H.P. Lovecraft would hate goths for being too cheerful. H.P. Lovecraft's Steps would be sort of of non-Euclidean geometry, wouldn't they? It There'd would. Be some yeah. Around the place. Or it would just be five weird-looking men in suits moaning and saying racist things and using the words squamous <laughs> and eldritch. Which is quite hard to rhyme in any song, really. Claire Fay, Lee, Lisa and HP. That's right, yeah. The dances would be good because there'll be sort of tentacles over the place. It'd be harder to imitate in the nightclubs of market towns. How many legs have you got? Five, Five six, six, seven, eight. Seven, eight. Seven, eight. <laughs> My Cthulhu baby is driving me crazy. <laughs> A massive abomination comes out of the sea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Luke... My high is the Black Mirror um, well, episode, but they're all really pretty much films, all the episodes of it. Um, it's Demon 79, um, yes. which is about a woman that awakens a demon by mistake, and then she has to kill three people, otherwise the world will end. It's nice and gory, it's set in the, I think it's set in the... 79, I guess. Yep. Nathan, Nathan Barley makes an appearance. Um which, which part of Britain's it set in, and how do they say bugger off? Oh, oh, off Yorkshire, and they go bugger off. Yeah, bugger off. <laughs> bugger off. Bugger off, Nathan Barley. We don't want any of London <laughs> shit round here. <laughs> you Shoreditch twat. He plays a really good, gross, creepy dude. Had an actual visceral reaction. So I just turned to my partner and just went, Ugh, the licking of the lips. When they go back to his flat, it's the most oh, depressing yeah. hookup thing. It's just, it was genuinely so gross. He did it really well. And he's only a bit player, really, in the grand scheme of it. But, uh, but at the end of it, I was like, shit, I really want to watch Threads. And nothing has ever made me want to voluntarily watch Threads. But that's the mood the, the film put me in. Yeah. And then my low is The Boogeyman, which I was excited for because it's Rob Savage who did Host. So I was hoping it was going to have some good stuff like that. It's got one really, really good jump scare. But the rest of it's just not fun in any way and just gets really, really bland. Um, so it's very disappointing. Yeah, I've seen nothing but bad reviews of that one. Bryony? Yeah, well, my high was also going to be Doom 79. I won't choose it as my top then because Luke's done it, but um, there was a good thread of horror throughout this latest season of Black Mirror. They've they've kind of shied away from the 
what are phones but too much angle. And I'll pick Lock Henry, the second episode, as my top. Just another good thriller, suspense, horror type of thing. Um, some generally unsettling images, so that's good. My low, because I don't learn lessons. I fall over a lot. <laughs> I cut myself whilst uh, preparing vegetables. I don't learn how to do things without causing myself harm. Um, so I watched uh, Escape Room Tournament of Champions. <laughs> <laughs> Who had that last month? You had the first one, didn't you, as you lie? Well, no, one of my lows was Escape Room. <laughs> and I was the one that said the sequel was better. Oh, Luke's yeah. being a cheeky prankster again. Outrageous. <laughs> oh, cheeky prankster Paulson. Let me do a prank from a TikTok. Um <laughs> No, I watched I watched the sequel to Escape Room, and um, the best thing I can say about it is they they did that thing where they say the title of the movie in the dialogue. So, Ala, what are we? Some kind of Suicide Squad? Yeah. They said, "What is this? Some kind of tournament of champions?" So I was like, <laughs> ah, "That's no good." I was hoping they'd say, "What is this? Some kind of Escape Room tournament of champions?" <laughs> <laughs> it's it's. Do you know what I was thinking about this um, this morning on a train? I thought, no, maybe it's one of those films that's not for me. Like those um, Fear Street films were enjoyable, but not for me. So it was like, "Oh, can I criticize them?" But it's like, actually, no. Even if it's it's made for like people ten, fifteen years younger than me, they deserve good shit. Mm. I got good shit. Why don't they? Have, this just isn't good shit. And the leads are so fucking wet, both as characters and as actors. There's nothing appealing. And I, I still sat through the sequel. Like, what, whose fault is that? It's mine. Legs. Yeah, definitely legs. Luke. Yeah, it's, it's my fault as well, yeah. I can't it- blame everything on Luke, though, as much as I love to. Like, I can't. <laughs> I've got autonomy. I am my own woman. Maybe it's a form of self-harm, but I, I keep watching sequels to bad films that I know I wouldn't enjoy. And I didn't enjoy it. Maybe it's because I do this podcast. Maybe this is hurting. <laughs> I feel like that sometimes. <laughs> um, I'm going to do two highs, actually. My first one is um, a Chilean animated film called The Wolf House. Anyone see that? Seems unlikely. Nope. Um, imagine a film that's entirely one take, except it's stop motion. So obviously it's not really. It's thousands and thousands of takes, but it just moves smoothly around this house. It follows this girl who has to hide out there. And there's two or three pigs that eventually turn into her human children. But the, the animation is just fucking incredible. Like, sometimes the action takes place actually on the walls and the characters move around the walls and you can see where they've had to paint over the walls to move the characters around it. And it's really messy and the floor ends up absolutely covered in paint splatters. Um, there's just loads of really incredible techniques. It's amazing. I'm not normally into animation, but that was incredible. Where were you watching this? It sounds brilliant. That's on Mubi. Oh, okay. Moving. And my second high is uh, the documentary Leap of Faith, William Friedkin on The Exorcist. Uh, it's just him sitting down for 100 minutes or whatever, talking about the making of The Exorcist, what his influences were, what his experiences were, and how uh, you can't even punch an actor in the face without warning to make him cry on camera these days, or they'll arrest you and throw you in jail. <laughs> Which, Bloody woke brigade, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> Snowflakes. Uh, it's really good. And... Um, I mean, I think you should be able to punch actors in the face. Not even necessarily when they're making a film. What, if you just see them in, like, well, Nando's, you just go... Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if you just see Toby Jones or whatever. Well, no, I reckon Toby, Toby Jones, Jones probably knows Kung Fu or something. Jones. I wouldn't twat him, but there's plenty of others I would. No, I, would, I, would, I wouldn't twat Toby Jones, but it'd be the funniest one to twat because he'd be so untwatable. Why did he punch poor innocent Toby Jones? I would never tell. I'd punch uh, Ryan Gosling just to see if he could show any kind of reaction on his face 
Well, you're saying Ryan Gosling, he got punched and beaten up for real for Only God Forgives. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that whole bit where his face is actually beaten up, that's all real. Oh, yeah. good. Good. And yet he still doesn't <laughs> show any emotion or any yeah. sort of life behind his weird dead eyes at all. <laughs> I don't understand how that guy's a Hollywood star. He's so bad. I have seen some stuff that he's terrible in. There's a couple of movies that he's very, very good in. But his after Drive, his whole shtick became the kind of blank thing. So... Yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't punch him, but I might tickle him just to see if I'd get a reaction. <laughs> yeah. He's got blank face. He's like the fern cotton of film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fern cotton could be a replicant in the next Blade Runner film, no problem. Yeah, easy. Yeah. Anyway, they were our highs and lows, and now it's time to talk about a load of horrible, wrinkly old cunts. And our first feature is from 1962, directed by Robert Aldrich. It's uh, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Told you. To seek the answer to that question, we will follow a man plotting a murder. But Robert Aldrich has considerable experience in such matters. He has a dozen successful pictures to his credit. His stars are Betty Davis and Joan Crawford. But we must warn you. If you're long-standing fans of Miss Davis and Miss Crawford, this motion picture is quite unlike anything they have ever done. It is a bold essay in the art of the macabre, a venture to the ultimate reaches of terror. A motion picture definitely not for the screaming. And we beg you, as the tension builds to the screaming point, as shock after shock assaults your senses, try to remember that this is only a motion picture. Try. And remember. Uh, so this is a real life documentary about, <laughs> of course not, uh, retired Hollywood actress Blanche Hudson, who is cut down in her prime by a deliberate car crash, is abused by her horrible younger sister Jane, a child star, until Blanche's talent overshadowed her own as they grew up. Emily, you picked this, didn't you? I did, yes. And indeed the whole theme. Yes. Long story short, I would one day like somebody to do a slasher movie, which is exactly the same as all other slasher movies, except all of the characters are like over 45. Hmm. I'm not just saying that because I turned 45 in a couple of weeks' time, but... um, Sorry, pause for you all to go, you don't, really? No way. Um, no way. What? No. What? Oh what? Are you kidding I me? I thought you were 21. What? Uh, you were 17. I'm actually seven. No, I'm kidding. I find the portrayal of women in horror to be interesting anyway, but the portrayal of older women is interesting because it's kind of like there's certain things that, like the older women are allowed to be ugly, they're allowed to be grotesque, but at the same time it's only ever usually within particular parameters. So the stabby older woman doesn't tend to be stabby because she's a psycho, it tends to be because she bears a grudge or she feels like her home is threatened or her security is threatened or because she's madly in love with someone. So it's interesting to see the various tropes of the whole grand dame grignol or hagsploitation, whatever you want to call it, use those various things, which I'm aware is not a very funny answer, but truthfully, yeah, I mean, also everyone likes watching um, old ladies lose it. And um, with Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, it's a film that I only saw in its entirety probably about 10 years ago. For some reason, it's a, one of those rare movies where the only bit of I actually find unsettling is the first 30 seconds, <laughs> where you have a voice saying, do you want to see that again, little girl? And then there's a creepy Mr. Punch puppet and one of the kids is crying. That always stuck with me. But for all the campiness, etc., there's a really solid story there. 
And for all the over-the-topness, there's a lot of heart and soul in the performances. And also, it's just a great romp. It could do with losing about half an hour in its runtime. Oh, definitely. It's, yeah. very, it's way too long. Even though it's, you know, it's, it's a big production and it was like filming in black and white was a choice and they're going for that old Hollywood kind of feel, it could have done with being a, a banging 90 minutes. But saying that, I could watch Joan and Betty being horrible to each other all day. So Yeah, it, it was a bit long, but there was sort of lots to it. And uh, I thought the end was, was amazing. I loved that sort of final shot. Was uh, was really captivating. It was, it was, yeah, it was a it was a cracker. This one, I thought. For all of me saying it wasn't scary, the bit where she's lost it at the end is unsettling. Yeah. Well, it starts out with Jane being really horrible towards Blanche when they're mm-hmm. kids, and so I was fully expecting the plot development to be that when they're grown up, Blanche is horrible to Jane as revenge. But no, Jane is just horrible all the way through. You get their personality types to start with. So Blanche trying to be amenable, etc., is what means that she ends up in that horrible situation. Luke, prankster. <laughs> Did you like Jane's pranks? The bird out the window. Yeah. That's a good prank, isn't it? Yeah. Bird in the dinner. The rat in the yeah. dinner. Real variations of the theme, wasn't it? That's the sort of pranks everyone should do now. Get you even bigger on TikTok. That's... <laughs> sort of thing they'd go for, isn't it? Definitely. The new pranks are breaking into people's houses. That's the yeah, new yeah. one. Yeah. Oh, hilarious. I tell you what, it had an absolute fantastic... I mean, I wouldn't say he was exactly coded as gay. It's more kind of just like, they just couldn't say it. But that piano player character and his mad mum. They're amazing. Absolutely wonderful. There's three sets of kind of weird families of people with fucked up matriarch figures. The, the piano player and his mum. The sort of the, the weird, terrible, acted teenage daughter and her mum. And then Jane and Blanche. What the hell is going on with that pianist and his mum's voices? Their accents? They're supposed to be British, but at one point they're Australian. Yeah. And then they're British again, but then he's American. Yeah, she was Australian. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed the accent travelling. She sounds like a cockney cat whose tail is being pulled. She's like... <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I noticed relating to him was where he goes into a shop that it's got a, it's got a sign um, advertising Squirt and Smirnoff. I was like, what the fuck does that mean? It's voice squirt and it's a wild place hollywood yeah well i've I've looked up what what squirt 60 percent urine isn't it (laughs) (laughs) different biologists differ well there's an article on the wall street journal who says you can't mix vodka with squirt (laughs) is that how the dirty martini was created (laughs) 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 brian any thoughts on this Oh, not so squirt. Just not like, squirt. Yeah. No. Uh, the film at hand. Yeah, it was. It was just a really good piece about fame and delusion and uh, you know rivalry. And I, I really enjoyed the fact that uh, Bet did her own makeup. And apparently, she fought production to to do her own makeup. She had that caked on child makeup throughout her adulthood. And as you guys know, I sort of work with with older ladies quite a lot. And um, that makeup sort of going is usually a, a sign that you know dementia setting in. Mm-hmm. See it sort of for eyebrows particularly. I'd love to do a research paper on the effects of old ladies' dementia and makeup, mm. but that's that's what sort of jumped out at me. I really really enjoyed it, and they had so many iconic bits. I mean, Jack's hated me for the last few weeks because I've been walking around the house singing that song. Yeah, I'm sending um, a letter, a letter to, to Daddy. daddy. <laughs> yeah no really really enjoyed it they don't make them like that anymore i'm surprised some gen z pop star hasn't done a sort of sleazy sexy version of i'm sending a letter to daddy a letter to daddy 
Mm. It's probably out there somewhere. I mean, daddy just doesn't even mean daddy anymore, does it? It means daddy. I'm waiting for the sexy rewrite of the daddy or chips advert. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> the kid spends the whole ad going, daddy or chips? Daddy with chips all day now. Well, that's the perfect solution. You really, can isn't it? have it all. Mm. Yeah. Talking of chips, um, <laughs> talking of potatoes. I thought that the confession at the end about the truth of the car crash, it would have been a lot more believable if she'd gone the Brian Harvey from East 17 story. Yeah. <laughs> it was so terrible to me at the party, so I went out and ate the jacket potato in the car. Those <laughs> <laughs> Hollywood people always fucking on the potatoes, weren't they? Yeah, fucking love it. Fucking love you always look down spud you like every five minutes, all the <laughs> toppings. <Yeah>. Crazy. <laughs> Uh, sticking with Joan Crawford now, one of my favourite films we watched this month was William Castle's Straightjacket, uh, the plot of which uh, is basically copied 20 years later by Psycho 2. And it was the same writer as wrote Psycho originally, I believe, Robert Block. Yeah, yeah so I really like this. I, I couldn't decide if Joan Crawford was a good actor <laughs> or if she was, you know, completely fucking nuts. Um, but then people say mm. that about Nick Cage now. That tends to come up all the films I've seen her in. It's just like, she actually batshit or is she brilliant? Yeah. Mm, maybe a little bit of both. But yeah. um, I asked to include this one just because I wanted to see her being the scary psycho one. Yeah, it's great. And I love the scene where um, she suddenly regressed to it being 20 years ago and she's being all bullet, as people would say now, cougarish at her daughter's sort of fiancé. It's fab. I mean, the end of the story is quite silly, but, you know, it's such a fun ride. It doesn't really matter. Oh, it's great. I really didn't see it coming. Okay. I don't know how I didn't see it coming. Well, I thought early on that I was like, no, that's just silly. And I'm like, oh, no, wait, no, that, that is. Why does the dairy farmer serve milk off the off a sideboard, not out of the fridge? Just a jug of milk on a table in the lounge. Horrible. Fresh out the other. I know it sounds silly, but this is the 60s it was made somewhere. And they, did they not throw fridges in those movies in that day? You know, there's the whole thing about how you couldn't show a toilet in a movie until Psycho. Maybe you couldn't show yeah. a fridge in a movie until, like, I don't know, 1987 yeah. or something. Considered obscene. <laughs> yeah. Well, what, you reckon nine and a half weeks? Yeah, finally broke the taboo on fridges nine and a half weeks. <laughs> that was why it was so controversial. It wasn't anything to do with all the fucking. It was just that, oh my God, there's a fridge. <laughs> you can see a vegetable crisper. <laughs> Disgusting. (laughs) I'm never going to call it anything else now. Uh, yeah, she was 57 in that. Well, baby Jane, they're only in their 50s as well. That's what. Yeah, because the aforementioned badly acted teenage girls, like, gee, she must be 200 yeah, years yeah. old. And my mum's like, no, she's not that old. You terribly acted prodigy of mine. Uh, the Hammer Studio got involved in this so called hacksploitation wave with Fanatic, aka Die Die My Darling, in which a young widow is held prisoner by the fundamentalist Christian who would have been her mother in law. So Lula Bankhead was about 63 in this one. Definitely getting yeah, on to proper, on. proper old woman. Proper old. Proper old. It's not bus pass age. I feel like it needs to be bus pass age. It's at 65, the freedom pass. 65, yeah. yeah. You get your freedom pass and then... And you can settle all your grudges. Yeah, as long as they're on the line. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to have to travel too far. I think 63 is as old as we get, actually. Um, just checking through the rest of the... Oh, oh there's a... <laughs> There's a 64 coming up. Oh, there's a 65. What about a 69? <laughs> nice. Wee. That's for afterwards, Luke. <laughs> My dad turned 69 this year and I saw him the weekend and he kept going, 
I'm 69 this year and then doing that hand motion. What, that is on the phone? <laughs> Do, huh? Do, doing the hand motion that is on the phone? No, like the, we're 69, bros. Are you trying to do devil horns? Yeah, no, he was doing, that's like, we're bros. No, that's, oh. hello. Hello, who's <laughs> there? Anyway, moving on. Yeah, moving on. Uh, Fanatic, Die Die My Darling. Um, do you think Donald Sutherland's proud of his performance in this? It's not a vintage Donald Sutherland performance, is it, really? He's going, yeah, that is exactly what he's doing, yeah. And just in case there was any doubt, there was like, I'm sure there's a I don't mind him, the poor boy is simple. Oh, no. Awkward oh. and weird. But there's some other people who get good stuff to do. There's uh, Peter Vaughan, who's always was very good at being creepy, and um, Eutha Joyce, a.k.a. Mildred from yeah. Georgia Mildred, who... Um, she was hot in this. Yeah, actually. Considering the whole premise of Georgia Mildred was... Oh, God, imagine her husband having to have sex with her and she wants to have sex and he's like, oh, no, I don't want to have sex. It was a great Brian Murphy impression, though. <laughs> it was. That was more kind of the essence of Brian Murphy rather no, than... No, no, it was good. Impression. It was, was good. It? it was so casual, but it absolutely nailed it. Okay, good. I'll add that to my list of... Uh... My list of hidden talents. Um, yeah, but she was a very good actress, Beautha Joyce, and she gets to do some um, some good stuff here. Um, I quite enjoyed um, Tallulah Bankhead as well, if only because mm. of the stories I've heard about her. This this character is so completely the opposite of what she was like. She was like absolute party animal, complete mm. um, horny like 1920s <laughs> bisexual cokehead icon. Um, Luke, famous- do you want to say that again just so we got it clean, you know? Oh, it's, it's, it's one for the ages, I think. More like wankhead. There we go. Wankhead. Oh, okay. Very good. Very good. And she lived in the UK for quite a long time, so she probably had that on her business cards. Um, <laughs> one of the things she used to say was, my daddy always warned me about men and liquor, but he never mentioned women and cocaine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the idea that she's playing the uptight churchy lady who decides that church isn't churchy enough for her and she'll therefore do her own sermons is um, really funny. So she probably spent all the bits where she wasn't filming just sniggering to herself. Well, it apparently took her eight hours to redub one line because she was so wankered. Yeah. <laughs> wankered, wankhead, that's what they used wankered, to call wankhead. it. Wankered, wankhead. What line was it? Um, I can tell you, but it's not very interesting. <laughs> I could look it up. It was hello. 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 What? 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 Uh, what? Uh, what? Uh, what? What? When? What? I like the way you've all decided that she's a character from Bugsy Malone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the line was, and so Patricia, as I was telling you, that deluded rector has in literal effect closed the church to me. Well, yeah, deluded rector. That's hard to say. Yeah, yeah. She probably kept saying deluded rectum. Re- deluded she? rectum, yeah. <laughs> I've had a deluded rectum a few times. <laughs> Who hasn't? Um, you think you've got to go and then nup. I saw Patricia, as I was telling you, the destroyed rectum has... A- no, Delula, no. not... Start a destroyed rectum. Mm. I just can't help it. What's weird about this film, when the young woman finally escapes and um, her, her fellow comes to rescue her, the main thing he says to her is shut up. <laughs> Why did she go visit the stupid old woman in the first place anyway? Oh, she so feel- There's no reason for it. It's because she feels guilty, but it is a bit of a bit of a stretch. Yeah, that's how you get deluded rectum, isn't so it? She says it's because, um, well, she was engaged to the old woman's son and he killed himself. But it was after he had a deluded rectum. Him. Yeah, he died of a deluded rectum. That's <laughs> <right>. <laughs> the most Com- tragic way to die. 
and kept thinking it was empty, but it was full. <laughs> Speaking of, I'm going to blue for a wee. Oh. You hope. <laughs> you <laughs> hope. Briny <laughs> has got a deluded rectum. If that's what's going on. <laughs> the rectum is involved there. Seek help. <laughs> You're right, Luke. Who like? Is, are you still laughing over Tallulah Wankhead? You're just sitting there chuckling yeah. to yourself. What was that Cthulhu song going to be? I thought it was five, six, seven, eight, and then. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Was there a steps one where they're on some sort of ski resort and they're helped by goblins? Isn't there? What? It's a green screen music video. Yeah, and they all get grabbed at one point. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, they're probably more like Christmas elves, though, aren't they, rather than goblins? <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I'm culturally Jewish, so they're pr- goblins to me, really. <laughs> was one of the steps men replaced by one of these goblins? Yeah. It was probably Lee, though, so no one noticed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, when Paul was replaced by a doppelganger after he was run over, Lee was replaced by a goblin. <laughs> I thought you were talking about Paul from S Club stuff. No, I was talking about the Beatles, Cliff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't run over. No, no, he wasn't run over. No, he died of natural causes. <laughs> we decided to go on, but Paul replaced by Goblin. <laughs> In the entire band, Goblin. No one knows. This is what happens when I wear a jumpsuit, because it takes me a little bit longer to come back from doing a wee, and then I have to faff around putting on a jumpsuit, and then you're all talking about Goblins and Paul McCartney. Yeah. Anyway, 1969, uh, whatever happened to Aunt Alice from the producer of Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, hence the title. First thing, who the fuck is Alice? It took me ages to figure out who the title character is. You and Chubby Brown. I know. <laughs> she's she's mentioned by name, I think, once in the whole mm. thing. You know, How are you supposed to know that character was called Alice? I'd not seen this before and I really liked it. See, this one, you've got scheming middle-aged slash old lady, but also old lady heroine doing detectiving. It's like Columbo, but with old ladies. Murder she, murder she wrote. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could just watch Murder She Wrote. Man, it's a shame she never made a exploitation, isn't it? Her from Murder She Wrote. Especially as there's that theory that everyone has that there's a reason why people die around Jessica Fletcher. Oh, and that she, is... she creates her own income and stream of work. Exactly. Does she get paid, though? In... She just shows up, doesn't she? No, she does it for the joy. She She's yeah. a thrill killer. And then she has something to write about. Does it for the exposure. Yeah. yeah, I'd be horrified if someone turned my horrific murder into like a cosy tea time story by a nice old lady. <laughs> but, I mean, I'd be dead, but I mean, I'd be theoretically horrified. You know, it's almost <laughs> worth putting a clause in your will, isn't it? In the event of yeah. my death, I do not want this to be turned into a cosy murder mystery. Yeah, or a true crime documentary. Yeah. Only an explicit faux snuff film. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> some sort of real grot house shit. Yeah. Yeah. I think that should go in all our wills, definitely. <laughs> don't put me in a grot house, thank you. You don't want to be in a grot house. Don't want to be in a grot house. La di da. Someone doesn't want. <laughs> I want to die old and boring, not in a, a grot house snuff film, please. Oh, there's probably grot house snuff films that. Are there any about people that just die of old age? Because that's pretty horrific in and of itself. Uh, there's a uh, Michael Haneke's Amour. Yeah, that's not what I would call a grot house film. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if Troma remade that, it might be. Yeah. <laughs> Harold and Maud? Again, I don't think it really counts. It's yeah. faux snuff. Yeah. That's not what August Underground's Mordom is about. <laughs> Mordom, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very proud of that joke. <laughs> Literally the niches joke that's ever been said by a human being ever, but very good. <laughs> What's the August Underground film actually called? 
August Underground's Morden. See, I got confused because I thought you said Morden, as in the place in South London. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, it could be August Underground Morden. Yeah, Morden Underground on Northern Line. (laughs) Good if you got your Freedom Pass. Hey, you go up to Yorkshire, the old man tells you to bugger off. You go to Morden, you get in a Grot House movie. Yeah. <laughs> the Devil Times Five history of the British Isles. <laughs> what happens in Wales? Stays, Stays in Wales. <laughs> <laughs> Pinocchio. Pinocchio doesn't happen in Wales, is it? No. Yeah, he goes into a whale. <laughs> oh. Hey. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, moving into the 70s, there's a film called You're Like My Mother, which has the same premise as Die, Die, My Darling, except in this case, the young widow is heavily pregnant. Um, this is It's not a TV movie, but it feels a lot like a TV movie. It feels like one, and it also feels very um, stagey. Yeah. It's fine until John Boy Wharton turns up as the mad rapist brother or whatever, and it's really unconvincing because it's John Boy Walton. Yeah, he is very unconvincing and also quite annoying. Yeah. The baby does a good job of not being found, though. That's uh... <laughs> <laughs> that's my review. Baby does a good job of not being found. Best supporting actor, Oscar. We'll jump to 1981 now with Butcher, Baker, Nightmare Maker. Yeah. Oh, this is a good... <laughs> Fucking mm. hell. This is the one where the old psycho hag is actually 36. <laughs> at least mm-hmm. that's the age of the actor Susan Tyrrell this film is batshit on many levels there's a lot of extremely good mad acting from um, Ms Tyrrell it's basically sort of a kind of a Greek myth Oedipal type thing going on but yet at the end the person you hate the most isn't the mad person but the horrifically nasty homophobic sheriff yeah and I loved that they made him the real villain and the one yeah. to kill in the end because I was like oh they've just got some sort of casual homophobia in this film oh just... no no it was very progressive yeah yeah that's <laughs> was sort of so surprising about it like and, uh, yeah. and your, your man who who was a, a homosexual was you know super reasonable and and uh, almost a hero absolutely uh, yeah. and then you, you've got like the young guy they're going your basketball coach is gay and he's like so oh. so what yeah Whatever. And, he's, and he's not like a flaming stereotype in the least it's, no, it's right. brilliant yeah it's very surprising for a film of that era to yeah. be so forward thinking when i first saw it it seemed ridiculous how obsessed he is over whether everyone's gay but then like yeah you, you have to look at twitter now and that's what these bigots are like they're just so obsessed they can't stop yeah, thinking yeah. about it. Did you see there was a news story about the old man in America who's now been banned from children's sports events because he was adamant that a girl shop putter was a boy and kept demanding to know if she had a penis or not. Uh, he yeah. actually tackled her. Really? He thought Jesus. that the child was a trans girl and tackled her to the mm. ground and then has now been banned. It's absolutely mental. Like, wow. Just the obsession and just trying to pin it on, then it's like, well, it must be a threesome. It's like, where did you get that from? Clearly, something else is afoot. No, 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 it's a big gay threesome, and I'm going to get to the bottom of it. And he's obsessed with asking the girlfriend about whether her and the young the young boy are shagging, yeah. and then he asks her if she's gay. I love his very professional bit of detective work where he asks, you say he touched your booby. Booby. <laughs> <laughs> There's a great moment. Well, not a great moment. It's a great moment. When he's got someone who's, uh, I think they're Mexican, and he's going to beat them up or something, and the detective who's doing the work comes in and says what's actually correct he's like can't you see I'm trying to be racist in here I'm, just leave me alone I'm trying to be a racist sack of shit do your detective work somewhere else do you think they paid Andrew Lloyd Webber 
for Susan Tyrrell, keep, uh, she keeps humming Jesus Christ Superstar. Wait, was she humming Jesus Christ Superstar? It sounds very like it, doesn't yeah. it? I hope they didn't, because... Andrew Lloyd Webber, of course, who recently said that you could never write another musical because of political correctness. <laughs> what does he want to write? <laughs> what fucking... What's, yeah. what's he trying to write that he can... Oh, they won't let me do that. Mm. They can never make cats these days, apart from when they did yeah. the other day. <laughs> no buttholes, though. That doesn't make sense, because... Yeah, because he did Cats, and then he did Cinderella. <laughs> really, what is he wanting to write now? I mean, he doesn't even write the lyrics anyway. Yeah. Starlight Express was kind of about trains fucking, so that's a lot of <laughs> It was, yeah. It was, yeah. yeah. I saw that when I was seven, and I was very confused. And now I want to fuck trains. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> well, you know. So you got groomed by Lloyd Webber. I want to get in that caboose. <laughs> There's a theatre in Germany that's been playing the German language version of Starlight Express for 40 odd years. There's no real dialogue though, it's just them going Starlight Express, Starlight yeah, Express. Yeah, but in the German version it's more like Starlight Express. Any excuse to get out your small German manner. Good tag, I am a horny German train. Ich bin Thomas. I always come on time. Ich bin ein single gauge engine. Ich liebe das Fat Control. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, I'm just going to say it. Thomas the Wank Engine. Yeah, there we go. Just had to be. It just, I, I felt compelled. Compelled. <laughs> it's a sickness. I bet Lloyd Webber wishes he'd written a piece of music as great as the Thomas the Tank Engine theme. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's got that hanging over his head this whole time, isn't it? <laughs> Actually, we should cover that, because there's an episode of The Ghost Train that just genuinely scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. Sorry? We should cover Thomas the Tank Engine? Yeah, yeah, there was a Ghost We're Train episode. We're scraping the barrel. It's episode 78. <laughs> Is it just because you've got someone autistic on here? You think, ah, we'll do Thomas the Tank Engine. Yeah, that's right. We've got one autistic person on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Bryony, are you saying you don't... Do you not love Thomas the Tank Engine? We're, we're meant to love trains. Are we? Yeah, we're I've been on a trains. train today, so sure, that, put that on my autism card. <laughs> Commuting is not a symptom of autism. That's <laughs> <laughs> yes, it. Is. I don't know. I don't know how to be autistic. I'm bad at everything. <laughs> I don't have any special interests. I just kind of get distracted quite easily. Well... <laughs> Okay. Uh, which of these alternative titles to Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker do you prefer? Because there's a lot. Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker, obviously. Makes no sense. They're trying to go for a, oh, nothing is safe at home and creepy childhood, oh, fairy tales, yeah. but no, it doesn't right. quite work. Just call it Fuck Aunt. Sorry? Just call it Fuck Aunt or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nightmare Maker has nothing to do. Yeah. Horny Aunt goes mad. Uh, Nightmare Maker, just a short version. Night Warning. No, no, that makes sense. Doesn't mean anything. The evil protege. The evil protege, no. But who's the protege in it? Exactly. What? Thrilled to death. That sounds more like a, I don't know. That sounds more like an erotic thriller from the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Joe Esterhaas would write Thrilled to Death, wouldn't he? Yeah, it should definitely be called Fuck Aunt. Yeah. Or like Milked or something. (laughs) because <laughs> she wants to bang her son and she always gives him milk yeah yeah drug milk mother's okay. milk it could be called mother's milk it should be called mother's milk yeah. Mm. yeah but that does give away the twist kind of ish. Aunt's, aunt's milk, milk. Aunt's, aunt's, aunt's milk. milk there we go yeah auntie's milk p.s she's a fuck aunt yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
She's a fucker. That'd be like the theme tune. <laughs> Saxophone underneath it. It would be Easy Lover, wouldn't it, by Phil Collins? She's yeah. a fucky auntie. She will give you milk and try to sex you. <laughs> oh no, you shanty. Go to university. Okay. Everyone <laughs> yeah, yeah. wants to fucking know. It must be a threesome. I did do it because I am smart. <laughs> well, I mean, if nothing else, Nightmare Maker the musical coming soon from a yeah. podcast yeah. near you. I don't know how the Cthulhu 5678 is going to fit into that, but we'll find a way. Life finds a way. Life finds a way. Um, next up, a film based on a famous painting, American Gothic. Uh, P.S. She is a fuck aunt, which is a British <laughs> film shot in Canada but pretending to be American. It's just bad. It looks bad. It seems bad. It's all right, I think. It's pretty nuts. It's directed by a proper director. It's John John Hoff, John Howe, uh, who made Twins of Evil and The Legend of Hell House and also The Incubus. I don't know if has anyone seen The Incubus from I think nineteen eighty two. No, no. It's a completely forgettable film. Apart from there's one aspect of it that you just will never forget. It's the amount of times a particular word is used in the script. Right, I've put together every instance of this word being used in The Incubus. Right, I couldn't find a trace of sperm there. A hell of a lot of sperm. There was so much sperm. I sent the sperm over to forensic. But it was sperm. What I saw under the microscope looked like sperm. I mean, it had a reddish tinge. Well, the red in the sperm had to be... No sperm? No, no sperm, nothing. Sperm? Incredible <laughs> amount. What's the analysis from the lab in the sperm? I had to do a sperm test. The sperm test was negative. Oh, whoa. No. It looked like sperm. It was reddish under the microscope. Speaking of people who need to go to the doctors. <laughs> my my favourite one is when he goes, sperm? Like he's offering him a drink. Or <laughs> so surely that's that's a squirt martini or whatever. <laughs> Vodka and squirt. Yeah. Vodka squirt. They were obsessed with sperm and, and policing at one point in movies. It was mm. like when DNA testing was becoming more prevalent, uh, and the movies were like, we don't fully understand this. We can't be asked to research it. Sperm? Yeah. <laughs> so like everything is like just sperm everywhere. All right, sperm. Yeah, CSI was very sperm heavy as well. Mm. Crime sperm investigation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> come, come sperm investigation. <laughs> I mean, we've seen, we've seen in fuck off, before the advent of sperm science, it was just like, he's gay, he's gay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, sperm so, science really, really got rid of that. It homophobia. did, yeah. It got rid yeah. of the homophobia. It's been yeah. a murder, and I think that's sperm. Is there sperm? Loads. Loads right. of sperm. <laughs> Incredible amounts. Is anyone gay? No, it's just no, loads of sperm. Just sperm. Incredible. One of the things I'll say about American Gothic is it seemed to me that these uh, kindly old people run some sort of like adult baby nursery, mm. and then these youngsters just kind of came in and messed it up. Like, you know, I'm firmly on the old people's side in this one. They're just doing a nice thing. Yeah, that was really rude of them. Yeah. It was, yeah. They they were like, oh, hey, look at this hat. It's really old-timey. Let's play their records. Yeah, yeah. Oh, have you heard that they said a probe to Mars, you stupid old fucker? I felt no sympathy for the little kids in no, this No, and then Mrs. having a fag at the table and having a big strop about being told off not to have a fag at the table. It's like, don't have a fag at the table. That's really yeah. rude. Also, she should finish her food. Eat your food, there's people starving. Jesus. Yeah, you fucking cow. Yeah. I mean, two of these people were going to be punk parents. You'd think they'd have some kind of sense of decorum or common sense. Yeah, you just broke into someone's house, pissed around. What do you think's going to happen? There's some good kills in it. I like the the swing. swing Oh, the swing one is hilarious. Mm. So ridiculous. 
what's interesting about this film, it's kind of like it is all over the place and I couldn't work out whether it was bad or not, but it's definitely like nicely directed. And also there's incredibly twisted mad shit going on. Oh, yeah. And I feel that if maybe with exactly the same script and exactly the same premise, it would be properly nightmarish. Like the whole dead baby thing and the sons who run around like kids, but they're actually middle-aged men and one of them's a necrophiliac. And yeah. Yeah. I never laughed at a dead baby before in a film. You haven't <laughs> lived. Yeah, but this one, it was just like, oh, it just looks like a weird... I don't know, like a, a little weird, monkey doll. Weird little monkey. I thought oh, they got a little bit dead monkey or something. Yeah, imagine if that had been in, in any... that had looked, Well, I don't, I, I don't know what a mummified dead baby looks like. She says innocently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't worry, Emily. We're not going to report you. It's a come scene investigation. There's <laughs> yeah. come in this mummified dead baby. Uh, you can't talk about naughty old ladies without watching the Belgian comedy horror Rabid Grannies. Though I wish we could have. Oh, fuck me. I kind of got bored, which is a shame because it it reminded me of Brain Dead, Peter Jackson. Oh, if only. If fucking only. Like the vibe was similar. The dubbing really put me out. The dubbing was mad. The dubbing's so bad. Hey, we're going to get these people's bloody money. It'll save people from a game. (laughs) The British American Theatrical Society of Antwerp did the dubbing. So obviously some Amdram group they got in. I think it got to the point where they're locked in a room and the young lady goes, that's right, the lesbian did it. And I was like... (laughs) Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. Is that the same scene where a man goes, be quiet, lesbian? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm a lesbian. And everyone's like, we don't really care. <laughs> I think it has been the most gratuitous sex scene I've ever seen in my whole life, which is just before that, when one of the awful sons seduces, I think, yeah, the, lesbian. the lesbian daughter's lover. He seduces the lesbian, who then in the next scene is like, I'm a proud lesbian. I'm like, Ah, uh, don't don't buy erasure me. Come on, mate. <laughs> yeah, the worst crime that film commits is by erasure. <laughs> it is, yeah. The dubbing followed by the by erasure. I like um Love to Hate You by Erasure. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Very good. Um, did anyone watch the the version it was the trauma one that was sort of censored? And like that's why the editing was so mad they took out loads of gore. I found it on YouTube, the Japanese one, which right. out of just perverse curiosity, I was like, let's just see what they cut out. And it's fucking <laughs> great. Oh, it's horrific. Oh. Like, the, you know, the, the bit where it's sort of implied that the little kid's been killed. Mm-hmm. You see the little kid's body with her kind of legs cut off and the dog licking the stumps. Oh, right. Um, like, you know, the massive northern bloke he's like oh I can't fit in the fucking hole yeah the guy that's basically the actor Paul Putner playing Mr. Creosote yeah yeah exactly yeah he is like horribly like clawed open and it like lingers for ages on just the gore of his his belly just being and it goes on forever and being sort of of torn apart and it's like absolutely genuinely like stayed with me a bit so uh, check that out why the hell did Troma cut it out? Yeah. Well, so the, the version Troma originally put out was like, they cut about 20 minutes out, just to presumably just to get it over with. Cause it's yeah, so yeah. Boring, Troma but, had standards at one point. But why they cut the gore out, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that thing with the kids' corpse is gnarly. I like, mm, cool. Is that the second time you laughed at a dead baby this month? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I rewound it and had another another watch. It's good. It was, you know, I laughed a lot this month. I, la- I laughed and learned. It's been a month of self-discovery. Absolutely. <laughs> Incredible amounts. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, moving now into the digital age. Sam Raimi's CGI heavy Drag Me to Hell. It's quite a lot of fun. Yeah, oh, I yeah, really like this. I really enjoy this because it's after he was making, you know, the Spider-Men films. And then I was quite glad that he went back to this to just be over the top and ridiculous. And I, I like that it is horror and there is creepy moments, but there is like a lot of satire as well. I think my favourite scene is the, the nosebleed scene where the blood is just spraying for ages and the man has to go, did any get in my mouth? It's, like, yeah. it's, it's, just, it's just so silly, the film as well. It's, just, it's a lot of fun. And one of the best horrors from from that time. I think Christine Alison Lohman, the actor's name is. I think she's really good. She's like really kind of pretty and angelic, and it makes her a really good sort of whipping girl for all this kind of horrible shit that's happening to her. Well, she's decidedly average, which makes her so great. Yeah, but in that first sort of fight scene in the car with the sort of old lady, old lady, old lady, old the old gypsy stereotype. Yeah. Yeah. Really scattered the line on that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although the actor who plays her is Lorna Raver, which is a good name for a 65-year-old. Still got it, Lorna yeah, Raver. I reckon. She must have. Hey. Quite a physical role. Much more down-to-earth is Neil Jordan's 2018 film Greta, which stars proper respectable French actor Isabelle Huppert as a lonely woman who likes to lure girls her daughter's age into a trap. What a terribly boring film. So boring. Do you think so? Yeah, it is boring, unfortunately. I think Isabelle Huppert does a really good job. And it it, it looks nice, um, but yeah, it's it's very ploddy. Yeah. It's just missing something. It doesn't know if it wants to be like a really smart psychological thriller or Mm -hmm. like an exploitation film. And because of that, it just never comes together, really. Absolutely, yeah. Mm. I think if um, Francois Arizon had directed it, it would be better. Neil Jordan, like you say, I don't think he really knows what he was going for. Mm. It should have leaned more into the the torture and the horrific stuff. I'm not mm. sure Isabelle Huppert has really got it in her to be completely fucking deranged either. She's an amazing actor. But... It's very controlled insanity. I quite like the fact that it's controlled derangement, but maybe if they just had like one scene of her going completely nuts. Well, there is that scene in the restaurant where she goes nuts, and that's that's yeah, great. that's the one bit. Yeah, mm. that's the highlight. It comes halfway through. Have you ever seen anyone go completely mental in a restaurant, like in a? Yeah. Yeah? Good. This yeah, is the well, sort of story yeah. I want to hear then. Go on. <laughs> um, more of a bar than a restaurant. We oh, a well, bar's normal, time. but carry on. You know, standard people going a bit nuts. Do you know what? There's a chap who's gone completely insane on my road at the moment. He keeps walking to the pub next door with a BB gun. Um, Not hell. Fucking hell. Yeah. That's ongoing. I can't really talk about that. But yeah, <laughs> no, people do go nuts. Um, I've, I've been shouted at by old ladies before, so... You know, this is you know another day in the office for me. Oh, um, that reminds me. I once um, slightly bumped into an old woman in the street in Croydon, and she went ignorant. Just clumsy, clumsy. Not coming ignorant. out of um, Finsbury Park Station, despite the fact that I was absolutely nowhere near him. An elderly man looked at me and screamed, "You kicked my stick." <laughs> and I said I didn't um, I'm sorry if you think that but I didn't and then he just started screaming it and then he was screaming it at all the other people that were near, nearby and they were looking at me like you monster and then he screamed it at the staff in the, the tube station and one of the ladies was like oh don't worry about it love he does this all the time I think it's in that situation you might as well kick a stick hey, if you're just yeah. going for it. I thought about it but then you know and they would, I definitely would be guilty then I did see an old woman try to skip out on the bill in a burger place in New York once that was quite good uh-huh. She um she kept saying her husband was going to show up any minute later, so she was just going to leave. They're like, no, no, you have to, you have to pay this bill. And then um 
She said, oh, well, that guy was smoking outside. I could inhale the smoke. I have cancer. You've been playing this lousy, violent music. They were playing Coldplay. And then she, <laughs> she kept saying, my husband's going to be here any minute. So I'm just going to go. And like, no, no, ma'am, you have to pay. And then she just fucking ran off. And then, like, yeah. the, the chef ran after her. It was uh, quite... Did the chef have a meat cleaver? Yeah, 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 absolutely. (laughs) The best old person I've encountered recently, this isn't someone going... Well, it is someone being nuts, but in a kind of a quiet way. I was in the local Sainsbury's and there was an elderly lady who... um, She was at the tobacco kiosk and she had got a bottle of vodka, a bottle of wine, some donuts and a packet of crisps and she was trying to convince them that that was a meal deal. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and they got the manager over and she went it says meal deal on the crisps he was like it doesn't make everything that goes with it a meal deal it's a good philosophical point you know are we all just meal deals in life yeah exactly the thing about aging is it is generally a horrible terrifying experience and yeah um working the job i do like people's brains are so fucking fragile especially mm-hmm. with aging like you can you you can have a whole complete personality change with just a UTI. So yeah. it's like none of this was really explored in these films, I think. I think it'd be, it'd be cool to see a film that really explores that sort of complete descent and it's like, oh, is it a UTI? Is it dementia or is it a, a demon spirit? Admit, I just had to look up what UTI is. I wasn't quite uh, sure. Urinary tract infection. Yeah. You, uh, yeah, this is the NHS website, usually caused by bacteria from poo entering the urinary tract. Yeah. That doesn't sound nice. No. How does that affect your brain, I mean, though? You piss it straight um, out, surely. No, it, it's it's something to do with elderly people. Like, I'll be honest; I don't know the science behind it. But like, are they pissing <laughs> pissing poo into their mouths? Is that what they're doing? No, no. I don't want poo in my urethra. Well, you'd make sure that you wipe backwards and you have a, a good clean willy, and you yeah. might not go mad. <laughs> and stop putting your cock in massive piles of shit. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it's just the, the brain's really fucking weird. So I was a little bit disappointed a lot of these films don't lean into that, the sort mm. of the horrors that is, you know, a body horror. Maybe it's because that would be too much. I feel like the only film that's got close, but then it turned into, you know, body horror demon stuff was The Taken of Deborah Logan. Like that mm, felt yeah, like yeah. it had some things to it, that it was about dementia and also the person having quite bad, like night terrors and things. So stuff like that, that felt like that worked. But that was, again, like I've said, it turns into like a demon type thing. But it does explore um, ageing quite a bit. I mean, I'm struggling to imagine what a version of Greta would be like where Isabel Huppert discovers some poo in her urethra. Um, (laughs) That's not how it works. (laughs) She's a brave actress. To be fair, I have seen The Piano Teacher, so I think she'll probably give it a go. Uh, Yeah, yeah. In fact, she's a piano teacher in this as well. Talking of which, why does she have a piano coach in the credits? Had she forgotten everything she learned from the piano teacher? I think she tried to block out all memories of making the piano teacher That's for her mental health. Probably very true. <laughs> great, great film, but yeah. couldn't watch it again. Yeah. Sperm everywhere. Incredible <laughs> amounts. And the last one before our second feature stars another multi-award winner, Octavia Spencer as Ma. Not an award winner with this film. What a waste of Octavia Spencer. Yeah. I remember seeing this in the cinema... And the cinema, cinema. like it was the most low one month, I believe. Fun, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was the most fun experience because the audience were laughing, and it was the first time I wasn't bothered by it because it was just how ridiculous the film was that everyone was just on board. Because when I saw Old, um, that's one film where my girlfriend and I we were laughing at quite a lot of it because just of how bad it was. 
And then the rest of the audience were taking it quite seriously. <laughs> but luckily with Ma, everyone was like, no, this is just batshit ridiculous. Like none of this makes sense. I think it was the scene where she just runs down the person with her van <laughs> and everyone just burst out laughing at that because of how silly it was. What I find most surprising is they apparently live in a small podunk town and she hasn't once bumped into the people who tormented her and stayed in the small podunk town in like That's true, 20 yeah. odd years. Does she just hide under the desk whenever she sees them until it's the, the right time? Mm. Yeah. I really liked Ma when I saw it at the cinema. Um, I liked it a bit less on the second watch, but I think one of the things I really enjoyed about it was that those kids are nice on the whole and they go for their drinking and smoking weed out on the rocks and because it's America, the fucking police turn up with their sirens and their guns go, oh, can't do that, can't do that. Uh, and then they just go back to school the next day and it's fine. And then they go around their house the next night and they have a party and then they go back to school the next day and it's all fine. Mm-hmm. And it's like, good. Like normally one bit of party and you're dead. This is saying <laughs> it's actually fine. You can, you can do this until obviously. Margot's mad. Margot's yeah. mad. Did anybody write a review of this anywhere that was just, Blumhouse, more like Bumhouse. <laughs> yeah, little White Lies um, wrote that one. Five stars. <laughs> uh, so to our second feature, which takes us back to 1967, and Herschel Gordon Lewis's The Gruesome Twosome. Hello, I'm Mrs. Pringle. I want you to meet my son Rodney. Now, Rodney's not an ordinary youngster that hangs out on street corners. No, indeed, Rodney's a good boy. And this is a little business I have here. I make wigs for the beautiful young girls at the college. These wigs are made of human hair. And you know, I couldn't really be in business without Rodney's help. He's such a comfort. And Rodney helps cut the overhead, if you know what I mean. You know, for some reason, people call us the gruesome twosome. That's the name of our picture, (laughs) the gruesome twosome. And I really don't know how to describe it to you. See the gruesome twosome. There. <laughs> He's such um, a comfort. Was, yeah, what was yeah. that? <laughs> that was, was he? <laughs> what, yeah, what was happening there? Incredible amounts of sperm, I think, at the end. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to keep herself supplied with human hair, an elderly wig maker gets her mad son to scalp young women from the local college. <laughs> amazingly, amazingly, this is the first time we've ever covered a Herschel Gordon Lewis film uh, on the show. What do you think of his filmmaking prowess? Um, I like his puppets. I don't think I've ever seen a Herschel Gordon Lewis film before. No, me this, neither. It, this was absolutely batshit. I quite enjoyed <laughs> yeah. it, but it was also a question of what the fuck just happened. It's in my top three H.G. Lewis films. So I love this one. <laughs> There's a lot of things that are incredibly funny. The college girls are having the best time hanging out in their sexy 90s, eating fried chicken and dancing. <laughs> eating a bucket of KFC, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dancing um, the bed, And yeah. I also enjoyed the guy the lady thought was a murderer, but was actually just, what was he doing? doing Very yeah. bone for his dog because it was his dog's birthday. Uh, Murder? I did not murder. Yeah, he's, he's, he's got got the best. It's like murder. That's a thing that doesn't interest me. Don't do no murder. No. In a sequence that takes about thirty minutes. Yeah. Incredible. Of following. There is so much padding in this film. It's incredible. <laughs> that's, that's definitely the thing with this. Is because you know it's only one hour and eleven minutes. They would definitely try and way too hard to like pad out just to make it long enough. Well, that's why you get the weird puppet show at the start, because oh, so it, weird. it ran under 70 <laughs> so minutes. Weird. So, yeah. Yes, what an odd film. 
Mm. Yeah, I don't mean to get you know serious about this film, but their business made no sense. <laughs> like if you've got to fucking kill someone to get a wig, how much are you have to charge for that wig? Plus, every time you kill someone, you're removing a potential customer from, yeah. the, from the yeah, town. yeah. They haven't really grasped that hair grows, have they? It's not really a finite resource. Hair. <laughs> they're not vampires. What? They're, they're not vampires. Their hair doesn't grow back. They're just normal people. Their hair grows. It's only vampires. His hair grows back, isn't it? No, whenever I have a haircut, my hair tends to grow. What are you talking about? Oh, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> what the f- Never mind. Gone. They're probably just lazy because if they weren't killing people, they'd have to just like cut hair off and make it into a wig. Basically, what it is is she can't be asked to make wigs properly. Yeah. So it's literally like just just scalp a whole head of hair, and yeah. I'll just use that. Yeah. But when their whole hairdo is taken off their head, fucking hell, it's well gory, isn't it? Horrible. Yeah. yeah, really good. <laughs> the thing that confused me is that she's meant to have this disabled son that apparently can't do anything, but he's really precise. Like, his scalping is precise right on the yeah. first two minutes. He needs to be great scalping. And she gives him a fucking chainsaw basically partway through, and he's like, yeah, still does a good... Well, he cuts off the head at that point, but she really <laughs> trusts him to do a good job. It's lovely and gory. I don't know why I... Like, normally if there's, like, obvious padding in a, in a film, it's really boring, but it's so ridiculous in it. It's the dancing on the bed eating KFC. It's just well as a <laughs> yeah. news flash at some point. Otherwise, we could spend the whole film just watching them dancing on the bed. There's that bit of the racetrack where they're watching cars race round, but it's too dark, so you oh, can't actually yeah, see fuck all. Yeah, and they've got spotlight on the actors, but no other lighting. Yeah. So it's just following these actors with a spotlight along. Yeah. Uh, I hate my girl. He hates his girlfriend. Yeah, he does, really does. He really doesn't like his girlfriend. What about that film they watch at the drive-in? Uh, yeah. why, why is it just a film of people eating food and making yeah. really weird noises? What film is that? It's like one of those Czech art films I watched in university. Was it meant to be like a piss take of a sort of Andy Warhol film? So I think just it like must someone be. scratching their foot for an hour or whatever. Yeah, it must be. I mean, there's, their dinner is a big bowl of fruit and a big bowl of crisps yeah. and <laughs> two bottles of beer. Yeah, it's a meal deal. It's a, meal oh, deal. It's a fucking meal deal. Absolutely. <laughs> I forgot about that. was like a fever dream, that part. I completely forgot that was in the film. This really felt so proper, like an underground film. It felt like a John Waters film. Yeah, it has got that vibe. Yeah. yeah. This and a lot of these kind of other films have something like loads of modern horror misses, which is just a sense that just any fucking batshit thing could happen. Mm. Like, you look yeah. at, like, Greta is so polite and boring. And then this, a lot of these ones, these sort of the, the really mad ones, it's just like scene to scene, just fucking mad. Just so entertaining, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad you liked it. Did you all like it? Yeah. I, did. I think uh, I liked uh, it. Uh, nah. No. <laughs> I don't think I'd sit and watch it again. I don't think it's like the best film ever. <laughs> I don't think it's the best film ever, do I? I'm not, yeah. not insane. I haven't got mm. poo in my urethra. Mm, I don't know, Cliff. But um, I enjoyed the experience. That's something I'll remember before I wither and die of dementia, becoming a bad old lady myself. Wicked. I look forward to your, <laughs> look forward to your wig shop. Yeah. I like the scene when the police turn up at the house. And they think there's hammering going on in the door. And they just keep trying to take the woman out of the house. And then it's not until they actually hear a scream. They're like, okay, no, 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 we're open the door. Yeah. It just goes on. That's one scene that goes on for way too long as well. <laughs> that they don't yeah. know if to open a door because they think someone's just hammering behind that door. But every bit of it is just drawn out as long as possible. Like when it cuts to the opening credits, there's just a shot of the sign that says the little wig shop for the... About 20 seconds before the credits actually bother <laughs> starting to roll. That puppet's bit goes on for ages as yeah, well. Ages. 
And the thing is, it was like I went to art school and it generally looks like a really bad video that I would have made because I went through a mannequin head phase because they're easy to get hold of and do weird shit with. So I was like, ah, it's like it's in my brain from 10 years ago. Oh, God, I was losing the will to live and now I think I'm dead. All right, then, as you're dead, it's almost time to drink our malted milk, spray our pillow with lavender and put mothballs up our bums or whatever it is that old people do. But not before we've played a round of scary noises. So, Brian and Simon versus Luke and Emily. Uh, let's go. Here's your first pair of scary noises. Dad, Jason loves it. Jason always did have a hell of an appetite. Why don't you have some more, Tom? Still working on this one. Then I'll have some more. Books off the table, glasses off. As a matter of fact, I'll take a whole bunch of it up to my room. Just in case I get a little bit hungry. Nothing. Is the music from Gruesome Tucson? Nope. Is the music from Whatever Happened to Aunt Alice? No, the music was from Fanatic, Die Die My Darling. And dialogue, anyone? No, it was from The Stuff. Ah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, number two. A vampire god insane pollutes its own bed. And if I cut my hair again? It will grow back again. Told you! I had a that's from Interview with a Vampire. It is. Um, <laughs> music. That's not how that works. <laughs> it's the music from, I don't know, I got too excited. It's some some whooshing noises. So right. it's from uh, fucking Rabid Grannies or something. Was not. Um, Luke and Emily, can you get the music? A vampire gone insane. Pollutes its own bed. And if I cut my hair again? It will grow back. It's the music slash soundscape from You'll Like My Mother. It's from Drag Me to Hell. Mm. Number three. I want to hell, I promise. I need a man. Well, it's not going to be me. Please, I'll let you do anything to you. All right. Yes, Emily. Uh, it's the dialogue from Butcher Baker, Nightmare Maker. Yep. Okay. And music. Uh, I don't know because I got too excited for getting one answer right. Like uh, Omen three. No, uh, Brian and Simon. Music is difficult on this. I want the hell I promise. I need a man. Well, it's not gonna be me. Please, I'll let you do anything with you. All right. Do with me. Work on it. You stupid bitch. The Lovecraft Steps musical. <laughs> it was not the Lovecraft Steps musical. It was Dario Argento's Trauma. It's the opening credits, that, or just after there's a French Revolution scene with a guillotine. It ties in with the theme of the film. That's the only way you could have got that, really. Halfway stage, it's one all. Here's number four. Bryony. The music's from um, American Gothic. It is, and the dialogue? Not American Gothic. No idea. Okay, Emily and Luke, can you get the dialogue? 
Is the dialogue from Deliverance? Yeah, of course it is. Damn it. Uh, number five. Did I just snort crystal meth or did you just offer to go dog shopping with an old lady? I know. Yeah, Luke. Uh, the dialogue is Greta. It is. Do you get the music? <laughs> music is the delightful duck of Mr. Luke Poulton. Um, yeah. Evil Dead Rise. No, uh, Brian and Simon, can you get the music? Did I just snort crystal meth or did you just offer to go dog shopping with an old lady? I know. City is gonna eat you alive. So, how long do you keep them here? Five days. And then? Nobody claims our dogs, they're good to guess. Good to guess. Something from one of the Chainsaw Massacres. Yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Will that do? Which one are you going for? The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Three. No. It's uh, from Leatherface, but not Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. 3-2 three, to Luke and Emily with one to go. Here's number six. No! No, it wasn't! It was an asylum! The dialogue is from Straight Jacket. It is. And the music? I don't know. Luke? No. no. Simon and Brian, can Sp- you get... Mm-hmm. No, I was going to say it sounded like spooky space music. That's all I'm... Spooky, spooky, spooky space, space, Paul Blart, Paul Blart, Blart, Blart Mall Cop too. Yeah, Paul Blart Mall Cop, uh, spooky space. <laughs> Paul Blart Mall Cop in spooky space. Yeah, they did it with Jason, why not Paul Blart? Yeah. <laughs> why not Paul yeah. Blart? Paul Blart Sperm Cop? <laughs> oh, is he being transferred to CSI? Yeah, CSI, yeah. <laughs> Paul Blart Splurt. Yeah, Paul Splurt. In space. Paul, Paul Squirt Sperm Cop. Cop. <laughs> Wait a second, does he live in a pineapple under the sea? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, it is porous. <laughs> Oh, Simon and Brian, can you hear the music? No! No, it wasn't! It was an asylum! And it was hell! 20 years of pure hell! But I'm not ashamed. I paid for anything to do. Gonna guess at Event Horizon? No, you're stuck on spooky space. It's the kill list. Ah. So that is a 4 2 to Luke and Emily. <laughs> so it's a glass of sweet sherry down the Derby and Joan for Luke and Emily, and a glass of sweet pentabarbital down at Dignitas for Simon and Bryony. <laughs> Next month is my pick of theme, and I've decided to go gory with cannibal movies. Um, I think one of our features, we should do Emmanuel and the Last Cannibals to tie in with Severin's huge Black Emmanuel box set, which is coming out imminently. So, Luke and Emily, what do you want the other cannibal feature to be? 
Um, Luke, have you got a suggestion? Uh, eight and alive. All right. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. So that's uh, Joe D'Amato's Emmanuel and the Last Cannibals. Umberto Lenzi's Eaten Alive. Ah, oh, it's going to be juicy. Another set of films I can't watch on the bus then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, in the meantime, why don't you, our lovely listeners, prove you've still got some youth inside you by spreading the word on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook and by leaving (laughs) ratings and reviews on SoundCloud and iTunes. And if you don't have some youth inside you, then there are other websites where you can sort that out. Until next time, thanks for listening. My Cthulhu baby is driving me crazy My abomination from the sea Got pentacles on his tentacles A separate apart from head to toe His arms are webbed, now count his legs Five, six, seven, eight